Broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA. Uniting sports fans everywhere, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Everything that has transpired since Leah was diagnosed with cancer has really been inspired by God. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I don't have to worry about what tomorrow holds if I continue to walk in faith that I will not be forsaken. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. As a man of faith, man, it's just confirmation for me that, you know, that's what's real. Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you. We've got a really fun show in store as we'll be joined by Tony Dungy, of course, the Super Bowl winning coach and current analyst at NBC. We'll also hear from Antonio Davis, former NBA player and has a really cool uh, story to share with us today. And then later on, I want to give you some thoughts on what took place at the Daytona 500 last weekend because I thought it was a really special race, and, and I've got a big takeaway uh, to share with you today. And then also, coming up next, we'll do our segment, I'm Convinced. I've got some thoughts on Zion Williamson and all the conversations surrounding him this week and, and wondering, should he play again for Duke? Should he rest and get ready for the NBA? And then the larger kind of concepts and philosophies surrounding the NBA and one-and-dones and should players have to go to college and, and play and what's the value of playing in college? Should players get paid? There's so much there, and I'll share at least a few thoughts on that today. And then also, Antonio Brown and the Steelers, that whole situation, uh, I'm convinced that, that nobody should be trading for Antonio Brown. That's right. So we'll talk about that coming up too. And then also, I love Damian Lillard's perspective on the NBA and, and his situation in Portland. And so we'll get to that as well. This is Unpacking It, coming to you on Sports Byline USA and right here on Sirius XM Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. Going beyond the field, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA. We're unpacking sports, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson. Glad to be with you. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and sign up for our daily email right now. It's time for the segment, I'm Convinced, where I let you know what I'm convinced of from the week in sports. And I've got to start in college basketball because as a Duke fan, I always love the Duke and UNC game. But I must say, I'm convinced, even though Duke lost on Wednesday night, we actually all lost 
because we saw one of the best players to ever step into college basketball go down with a tough injury. I'm convinced Zion Williamson is the real deal, and he absolutely should be the first pick taken in the draft. But the thing about Zion Williamson is it's not just how talented he is and his ability to dunk and make a bunch of highlights every time he steps on the floor, but it's his maturity, it's his passion, it's how hard he plays as a player. He plays defense, he rebounds, he makes players better. And so I'm convinced that he does need to play again this season when healthy. But this is a complicated story. A lot of different opinions were given this week about Zion Williamson and asking the question, should he play again? And should he just rest up and and get ready for the draft? And so I think he's good enough. I think he's proven enough that he should be the number one pick. But I believe that he is passionate, that he loves the game of basketball, that he wants to keep playing. That's who he is as, as a player. This is, this is more about basketball than it is everything else. Of course, he wants to get paid and he wants to make it to the NBA and all that, but I, I'm convinced this is one of the, the special players that we see every once in a while that, that really are the total package. And so that's why it was so devastating to watch him go down, especially in a big rivalry game, and we didn't get to see both teams you know, really at their best. And so I'm, st- I'm still bummed about it uh, days later. But, but here are a few other things I'm convinced about in regards to Zion Williamson and, and the larger conversation surrounding college basketball, the NBA, and who gets paid, when they get paid, when they enter the NBA, and all that. So here we go. I'm convinced college athletes should be paid a competitive salary based on their value to a team and university. Yes, there are billions of dollars being made in college football and basketball specifically, and the athletes should be paid. I've been saying this for years. I believe it. I think it's a, an, an unjust situation that, that everybody else makes money while the players are the ones that we're coming to watch. They're the ones that are out there you know, putting their, their bodies on the line. And, and it doesn't mean that every single player on the, on the team you know, makes the, the big amount of money, but the, the guys that are, that are truly adding value to their university – like Zion Williamson, should absolutely be paid. There's, there's, to me, I can't be convinced otherwise. But I'm also convinced that the shoe company should be play, paying these players. I even think there's a possibility where the NBA could actually pay college players, but I think that ends up being a little bit more complicated. But I think if they just use their likeness and can get their own sponsorship deals, can go do autograph signings, they can make uh, their own money in multiple ways. But the idea that the NCAA limits this is still unjust. And so let me, let me take it a step further, though. I'm convinced the NBA should require draft picks to have played two years in college. Now, I know that they're trying to, to, to pass the, the rule where players can, can come, in, come into the NBA at the age of 18, which means they wouldn't necessarily have to go to college. But I actually believe that players shouldn't go straight to the NBA out of high school. I think it's better for them. I think it's better for the NBA. I think these players need the couple of years in college to understand how to balance. They balance school and and playing basketball. But when you get out of school, you have to understand how to balance life. 
And for these high school kids to go straight into the NBA, I, I think it's way too difficult and, and unpredictable for everyone involved, for the teams, for the players, and, and they're just not mature enough to do it. Now, LeBron and Kobe and Garnett, there are a few exceptions to the rule. But I'm not necessarily thrilled that, that high school players are going to go straight to the NBA because they end up sitting on the bench, they don't develop, and it, it ta- or if they do, it takes them years to do it, and a lot of them just fizzle out of the NBA. They get paid, and then they, they move on, and they're just a, a distant memory. They're, they're a name that we remember. But at the same time, I'm convinced that they should have the opportunity to go to the NBA if a team is willing to draft them and pay them. It's such a complicated issue because I don't think that they should go. But if an NBA team is going to pay them, then, of course, they should, they should go and chase that, that opportunity. But if you look at the bigger picture, I still think it's more wise to go to college, to mature, to get the experience, to go play for a great coach like Coach K, Roy Williams, John Calipari, you, know, you name it. Then you can really be more prepared to go into the NBA and have a longer career. So, would love to know your thoughts. Those are a few of my quick thoughts on that. It's a complicated topic, but I do think they should get paid, and I think Zion should play again this season. I think basketball is different than football because football is just a, a more physical sport, uh, and, and the risk of injury is greater in football versus basketball. So, get back out there, Zion, especially as a Duke fan. Uh, I want to see you play. All right, my number two topic. I'm convinced if I ran an NFL team, I wouldn't want to be the one trading for Antonio Brown, former receiver, current receiver with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because why do teams want self-centered wide receivers? Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, Chad Johnson, a few guys that come to mind. How many Super Bowls do those guys have? But then I think about other wide receivers who have actually won Super Bowls, and a few names come to mind. Torrey Holt. Isaac Bruce, Marvin Harrison, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, (laughs) Jordy Nelson. These guys won Super Bowls at the wide receiver position and helped their team win, and they aren't or weren't considered the the diva wide receiver. So if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm saying goodbye to Antonio Brown, and and then I'm I'm also, if I'm on another team, I'm not trading. I'm not giving up much for Antonio Brown. I know he's talented, but I'm for me, I wouldn't give up anything. But if I was a team, I would not be trading a first rounder or a second rounder. I think it's crazy. I really do. Especially at this stage of his career. I mean, to bring this much attention to yourself, I think is a mistake. And and I think Antonio Brown will end up regretting leaving Pittsburgh, playing for a, a wonderful franchise like the Steelers. Are you kidding me? So I'm convinced I wouldn't trade for him. All right, last one. We're going to have to go quickly on this one. I'm convinced that NBA players who don't chase championships by jumping to other teams should get more respect. And so Damian Lillard, he had a a, a comment over during All-Star Weekend where he said, I do want to win a championship, but it's other stuff that means more to me. It's almost like I'm not willing to sell myself out for that. And it's so true because guys are leaving for other teams and taking the easy way out in a lot of ways to go win another championship. Now, again, I don't necessarily blame a guy for doing that, but I think we've put so much of an emphasis on championships that then that's all that matters when a guy like Damian Lillard is saying, hey, I'm building my own team. I'm staying loyal to my team. 
and I'm valuing relationships. And that's what he says. He, 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 when he makes decisions about you know, where to play next and who to sign with, he's not just making selfish decisions. He's factoring in other things and other people. And, and he said, when my career is over and I'm going to know the relationships that I'm going to have, I'm going to know the people who knew I was solid with them, regardless if I was at the top or if I controlled all of this stuff uh, that I did it the right way. And so I just think those kind of guys need to get more respect because we kind of overlook the players that actually stick around with their team versus the ones that are bouncing around the league, always trying to chase a championship. Again, I understand why guys go for the championship, but let's not forget the ones that are doing it another way that value relationships and loyalty. So that's what I'm convinced of this week. Let me know your thoughts. Bryce at unpackingit.com. We got plenty more of the show coming up right after this. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Unpacking It coming to you from the Athletes in Action All-Star Breakfast. And joining us right now is legendary head coach Tony Dungy. He won a Super Bowl with the Colts and now is an analyst on NBC. Coach, how are you? Thank you very much. Great to be with you. All right. Well, it's great to be with you. And you just finished speaking to the crowd this morning. What was the, the message that you really wanted to share with people today? And, and what did you want the, the takeaway to be? Well, we heard from some great legendary people. Paul Westfall got an award today. David Thompson got an award. Uh, Bobby Jones, Alan Houston, all these guys are talking about their careers but they're talking about life after sports and then life after life. That's and right. uh, what is that all about? And e each guy, you know, really speaking from his heart, David Thompson was phenomenal, you know, saying, hey, I, NCAA Player of the Year awards, all-star games, highest paid player at, at one time in professional sports, and saying, you know what, I got to a point where I realized none of that meant anything because my life was spiraling out of control. I didn't have a relationship with Christ. People are looking from the outside saying, wow, David Thompson has everything, and I really didn't have anything. And when you, you know, I remember watching David Thompson and just saying, wow, mm. look at this guy. But understanding it's like that for all of us, that if we don't have that relationship with the Lord, uh, nothing that we can accomplish on earth really is going to mean anything. So it was a special morning to hear some of these great athletes give that message. So you travel all over the country, you inspire people, you, you, you give plenty of talks and, and, and encourage people. What about for you? Who, who inspires you, even maybe from the outside looking in? Who, who are some people that, that have just you know, had, had an impact on you from, from a distance, even today? Well, uh, probably the guy who had the most impact on me was Chuck Noll, my, my coach with the Steelers, and just the way he did things and the way he led us. Uh, Tom Lamphere is another guy. No, no one would know who he is, but he's the chaplain of the Minnesota Vikings. I was there four years, and, and Tom worked with me that whole time uh, about being a better person and not necessarily just being a better coach but a better person. And so it's been 20 years since I was with the Vikings, but we still stay in touch and do things together. And uh, Tom inspires me because his goal is just to help these young players and coaches be the best people they can be. Amen. Tony Dungy, our guest right now on Unpacking It 
We're, uh, we're at the, the NBA All-Star Weekend, the, the Athletes in Action, action All-Star Breakfast. Uh, a lot going on, but, but thankful to spend a few minutes here with Coach Dungy. And, and this week was Valentine's Day, and I, I know that, that marriage is, is very important to you. I'm wondering, though, how do you prioritize your, your wife? What, what's the strategy, and, and what can be an encouragement to people listening today on how to prioritize your wife? You know, your wife and your family, it, that's what's special. That's what God has given you. But it's difficult because we have obligations, and you have jobs and, and certain hours that you have to, to work. And when I was coaching especially, you're on the road, you're at training camp, you have these times where your family doesn't feel like they're important to you. And so how do you make that work and say, I know I have times when I have to be away. I know I have times when my mind is occupied, but you still have to understand that you are the first priority. And that's, that's not as easy as it sounds. And, and, and how is it for, for you to be able to say, okay, I need to invest in my wife so that, that our connection is so strong so that the rest of the family dynamic is also strong? Yeah, the, the kids have to see that. They have to understand that we're together, we're unified. Uh, we try to, uh, especially when we're at home together, to pray in the mornings, pray in the evenings together. Uh, we have to try to get some quality time together. But more than anything, it's, as you mentioned, the kids saying, hey, we're on the same page all the time. That's right. Tony Dungy, our guest right now. And, and you've got uh, the latest book out right now, The Soul of a Team. <laughs> and and I, I've actually read two books about the, the soul and, and inside of us. And so why did you use that word in relation to team? Because I'm fascinated by that word. Yes, it's a team-building book. Uh, people ask all the time. I get asked to speak at high schools and sports teams and businesses and church organizations. How do you put things together? How do you build a winning organization? And so we came up with the acronym SOUL, selflessness, where uh, you're putting the priority, the good of the team first, owning your role, understanding it, but owning it more than anything else, unity and then how do you get those three things to come together you have to have a larger purpose mm. so that's where the soul comes from and we kind of unpack that in the book i love it that, that's great it's called the soul of a team tony dungy's latest book and and of course we, we got to talk a little football even though it's nba weekend it's it's the off season is there a a storyline most intriguing to you at, at this point as we kind of have the next couple of months before the draft? Well, a couple of things. I think you see the young coaches coming into the league, and what are these guys going to bring in terms of their attitude, and are they going to be able to reshape the franchise like uh, Sean McVay did in L.A. with this just new youthful energy? And then this kind of quarterback carousel, where are people going to end up? I think we're looking at Nick Foles now, Joe Flacco going to, to Denver. So who uh, hits this next wave of quarterbacks, Kyler Murray coming into the league, and where is he going to land? Uh, that's always kind of the exciting thing right now. Well, I know for you, you, you waited you know, a while to get that head coaching opportunity, and a lot of these guys are getting it early. They're, they're young coaches. What's the, the, the good side of that and the, maybe the bad side of, of, about getting it early? Yeah, I was a, a young coach, relatively young, 40 years old when I got my job. I had been an assistant for 15 years in the NFL, and I thought I was ready. I thought I knew what to do after 15 years as an assistant, but those first uh, six months on the job, I realized that some things you can't understand until you actually get in that role. So they'll have some eye-opening experiences but the one thing they will have is the ability to relate to these players. Guys being that young and understanding how the young players think, that'll be an advantage for them. 
Tony Dungy, our guest right now on Unpacking It, talking life, faith, and, and football with him. And, and I know for, for you, life is, is busy. You've got a bunch of kids. You've got opportunities around the country to speak. And, of course, you're, you're as an analyst with, with NBC, how do you balance the, this, this idea of not getting too busy, not hurrying too much, and, and being able to rest in the Lord when you have a lot of opportunities on your plate? Yeah, you know, the Lord does bless you with things that you can do, and you want to take advantage of that and use your platform. But I, I mentioned to you Tom Lamphere, the chaplain of the Vikings. He gave me some advice, and he still writes me about once a year and reminds me, do the things that only you can do, mm. the things that God is going to qualify you to do. If someone else can do it, he'll, he'll find someone else. So just look for those things that there's some little niche that you can have a special impact and follow that. And so that's what I try to pray when I get presented with an uh, opportunity. Is it something I really want to do? Is it something I think will help the kingdom? Mm. That's number one. But then number two, can someone else do it as well as I can? And if they can, maybe that's not the thing for me. But if there's something unique, like today, I had a chance to speak and give the gospel presentation as not a basketball player, but, you know, just an outside voice. So I thought that was unique and special, and it was great. Absolutely. So how hard is it for you to say no? Oh, it's very difficult. (laughs) You know, when people say this is very, very important, and this ministry, it's something, and and we need you, and we need your voice, and you want to help everybody. Uh, But you do understand you have an obligation to your family, uh, keep yourself physically fit, and you know, you just have to pray about it and, and let the Lord guide you. Absolutely. So one other question I always like to hear from guys, what, what are you studying lately? What, what's, what's God been, been teaching you and, and what's kind of been on, on, on the plate? I'm in a phone Bible study with about 50 people. We read uh, during the week and then we get together and discuss it over the phone on a conference call on Wednesdays. And we've actually been going through the Old Testament prophets. We've been going mm. through Jeremiah, Isaiah, and Ezekiel. And there is so much information there and so much leading to Christ. Jesus said that everything in the Bible points to me. And we don't always think of that, but we, we have seen some tremendous things that were written hundreds of years before Jesus came to point it right to him, but also things that are still true today. Mm. You know, that, that sometimes we're not hearing the right voices. We're listening to the false prophets of the world, and we aren't listening to the true voice of, of God. And that's what people had trouble sorting out then. They wanted to do the right thing, but they're hearing all these different voices. Who do we listen to? So it's, it's been very interesting. Was there one prophet that you connected with more than, than other, others? You I, I think I connected with Jeremiah because he was out there for 40 years telling people, here's what the Lord says, nobody's listening, and God is just telling them to go back, say it again, repeat this. And I, I think of myself, I don't know if I'd take all that negativity. You know, mm-hmm. at, at some point I'd be ready to say, no, Lord, you sent me. They're not listening. I'm finished. But Jeremiah just said, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to honor God's will no matter if the people listen or not. Amen. So last thought is, as you mentioned, being on this call and, and talking with other guys and, and being able to you know, share what you're learning and experiencing together, how important is fellowship oh. in, in life? It, it really is. Um, group fellowship like that, individual fellowship with your wife and your family, uh, fellowship with other guys in, in our church. We have a little three-man group that meets, and 
we, we kind of discuss things as well, but that is so important, staying on track, because it's very easy for me to develop blind spots. Mm. I think I'm doing the right thing. I'm going here. I'm doing this. I don't always see the negative side of things, but other people saying, hey, are you sure that you're on the right track here? Are you doing this right? What's going on in your life? Having that accountability is huge. Oh, man, good stuff from Tony Dungy. Last thought, what, what are you looking forward to most uh, in the offseason for, for you personally? For me, it, it's probably uh, what can, I, I'm really asking the Lord, what can I do in my home community of Tampa? How can I make a difference and make Tampa a better place to live? What can I do for the kingdom right there? Mm, that's awesome. Well, enjoy it and enjoy All-Star Weekend, and, and really great to have you back on Unpacking It, and, and thanks so much. Thank you for the invitation. Appreciate Absolutely. It. There's Coach Tony Dungy joining us here on Unpacking It. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA. Hey, hey, it's Bryce Johnson, and really appreciate you listening to the Unpacking It radio show each week. But I want to invite you to check out our website, unpackingit.com, so that you can sign up to receive Unpacking It each day in your email. That's right. We send out an encouraging, challenging, inspiring word uh, through email. It's, it's in written form. It's a, a devotional that takes a current sports story, relates it to the Bible. We call it Unpack This, and you can subscribe for free by going to unpackingit.com. It's designed to help you grow in your faith and, and help you understand the Bible better, all with a little sports and some of the cool stories going on in the world of sports. And so we encourage you to check it out. It's for you, and it's about two minutes each weekday in your inbox. Check it out, unpackingit.com, and subscribe to Unpack This. And while you're at it, be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Welcome back to Unpacking It. Right now, I am joined by former NBA player. You know him from the Pacers and the Knicks and the Raptors, and he's been an NBA analyst, and, and we're here. It's NBA All-Star Weekend following the Athletes in Action All-Star Breakfast. Antonio, man, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Oh, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. This is, this is definitely an honor to be amongst these men and the, the guys here who were celebrated and the legends, the, the retired players association, AIA. It's it's uh, unbelievable. I, I've come a couple times, but I, I don't think none has been. I've been as involved in this one as, as in the past. Oh, that's great. What what was your involvement then? Well, you know, most of the time I come, I, I sit in the back, and I you know a lot of time I'm not really paying attention to what's mm. going on. I know people are getting uh, honored and things of that nature, but seeing guys like Allen Houston and knowing what he's done and what he's doing for the game and kind of paving the way uh, and then making sure that I'm, I'm tapped into the Retired Players Association, which is huge. Yeah. Uh, Athletes in Action has always been one that's been there, uh, but I've, I've recently connected with the nations of coaches mm. who are kind of doing something similar, just serving. So it's, it's been unbelievable to not just be here, but to make sure I, I threw myself in and got to meet people, see what they do, what their mission is, and how they're serving. 
Uh, and it's really helped me to look at serving a different way. Oh, that's awesome. So today we heard from Bobby Jones and David Thompson yeah. and Tony yeah. Dungy. What, was there a, a nugget that jumped out to you or something that, that you know, stuck with you today? Each one of them, you know, said, and I think um, uh, uh, the last speaker, I forget who it was, said it best. Paul Westfall. Paul Westfall said it, and a, and a couple of people alluded to it, you know, to, to get to the top and not really feel like, um, that's it, mm. and understanding that you almost have to lose yourself in order to gain everything that's right. was something that you know I constantly am trying to find different ways to say that, mm. and to hear the men today, David Thompson saying, "Hey, I had everything. I, I had the you know most expensive contract in sports. I was an all star. I was this and I was that, but I had nothing." Mm. You know, it's almost going back to Ecclesiastes when when he's when uh, it's talked about. I, I'm just a, a person who believes that. That emptiness is always in your heart because there's only one person that can fill it. Amen. And, and as men, you know, we get so enthralled in our sports and the accolades and all the things that we have, and, and we don't finally become real true men like Mr. Dun Coach Dungy and some of the others uh, until we literally, you know, fall on our knees mm -hmm. and we've kind of lost something or something has happened to kind of force us to be there. I just, I just want to, you know, throw a message out there to say don't let that happen. Mm. You don't have to lose everything mm. in order to gain it. You just have to make a decision that, hey, I just want to be better. Mm. I want to be better than I was yesterday. I want to serve somebody. I want to help somebody. I want to do something that's meaningful to me. And when you do that, things just, just start happening in your life. Man, Antonio Davis, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And so for you, what, what is your, your faith story? When, when was that, that turning point for you where, where you did surrender and say, all right, Lord, you, you take away? You know, it's been crazy. I, I, um, uh, I grew up in church. Uh, I don't know if I was ever enthralled in it, though. Yep. You know, grandma made me go, <laughs> so I was there. Yep, yep. Uh, went off to school. You, you do what you do. You lose yourself. You find yourself. But for me, about four or five years ago, um, after I retired, went through a bit of depression, mm. went to a, a therapist. Um, therapist, we, we really hit it off and started talking about some good things. I always was a spiritual man, mm. never knew how I was going to grow that. So I asked him, like, hey, I need, I need to be surrounded by men yeah. who, are, who, are, who I can look up to, mm. who can be great supporters, um, pouring into me, because I'm open to it. I need it. Mm. Um, so <clears throat> he introduced me to this group of professional men, of athletes, and all of that. But before you can get in, you had to talk to this pastor. Ah. Man, I went, spent a day with the pastor. Uh, by the end of the day, I'm crying. Mm. I'm on my knees. I'm wow. thanking God that, man, he, he brought me to a man that made me see things in a totally different way. And that day in his office, I gave my life to Christ. Oh, man. Three, uh, three months later, I was rebaptized. Oh. Uh, and things have been just been uh, phenomenal. You know, oh. I, I've had my war still. But I, I'm relying on this new faith that I have, um, these new people that I have in my life. Um, I've had to get rid of some people in my life. Yeah. So all that kind of has happened over the last four or five years, and, I, and I'm just so thankful and so grateful. Antonio yeah. Davis with us on Unpacking It. And, and so what are some of those ways in your life that, that you've seen change and just how God's worked in you? What, what, is that, what does that look like? You, you know, I think that I was always a person um, when I got into the NBA, uh, I had some things happen, and 
I tried to figure out, you know, business-wise. I started getting into the Players Association. Um, then I started realizing that so many guys didn't understand the business of basketball. So I, I started getting, you know, as being a team representative. And, you know, I was team pres- I was president of the association wow. and all of that. And so I say all that to say that, you know, in working for ESPN, there was something that was missing. Hmm. And then I went back and started working for the Players Association, and it was all around serving. And I've, I've, I've never been as fulfilled as I am now creating ways for guys to transition out of the game of basketball, understanding that really it's ministry. Yeah. Really it's, it's making sure I, I grab their hearts and say, hey, listen, you're going to end up spending your money. You're going to end up doing some of these other things. But if you don't get control of your heart and put it in the right direction, put it in the right place, although you're not going to have control over all those other things. So that, that's been really huge for me, serving and serving my peers, serving guys that I played with, serving guys I played against has been huge. Uh, but the other thing is just really being a father. Mm. You know, I, I got a son now who's, you know, 24 years old. He's playing overseas in Australia. It's awesome. Um, I didn't have my dad. So mm. just to be there, you know, talking to him on a daily basis about things that men do and why they do it and decisions we make and shouldn't make and all that kind of stuff. Gosh. It's been huge. And that, that, that is kind of what I do on a daily basis, and it's so fulfilling. I love it. Antonio Davis, former NBA player, with us right now on Unpacking It. And your son is playing overseas in Australia. What's his game like? Because we know when you played, you were tough and, and were an enforcer in the, in the paint. And so what's his game like compared to yours? You know what? It was funny. I knew, I knew from day one that he wasn't going to be this physical <laughs> You know, kid, get thrown around. He, he just didn't come from that. So he is a 6'8", 6'9", real thin, can guard several positions nice. kind of kid. Almost like a Derek McKee. I don't know oh, if yeah, you remember. I remember McKee, yeah. Derek, almost like a Derek McKee. Kind of a one-of-a-kind player. One-of-a-kind. Yeah. He can do so many different things. I'm just trying to get him to understand that you have to get great at something mm. in order to get in. And then once you get in, then you can kind of expand around what you're great at. Yeah. So he's trying to figure out, well, how do I become that kind of Andre Roberson who can oh, yeah. guard several positions out on the floor, knock down an open corner three, Valuable rebound player. the ball and run the floor, and things like that. And uh, like I told him, you know, none of it really matters at the end of the day. You know, you, you have to be the best you you can be every day. Show up, get better, be great, and, and have a great heart. And everything else will take care of itself. That's great. So what about as, a, as an analyst? Where, where are you at right now, and, and what, what's kind of your involvement in the NBA from that perspective? You know, I don't do a lot of that anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm often being called to do some interviews and things of that nature. Uh, the hard part for me is, um, like, it, it's hard for me to analyze a guy on a missed shot or something he did or didn't do when I know how that feels. Mm. Like, you know, they have all these debates now about uh, uh, this guy being great or that guy being great or or Kevin Durant said, hey, we just want to play ball. You know, all this difference. <laughs> and I get it. Yeah. So it's so hard for me to have an opinion on it when I understand it. And they don't, they don't want to hear that you understand. They want to hear controversy. That's and right. I, I don't have any controversy because, <laughs> you yeah. know, these are my guys. Like, you know, you, you, you go through this and, and obviously you make – 
like people don't understand all of the other stuff. Mm. Like it's like you hear about guys retiring, they lost all their money and blah blah blah, and now mm. they, they want to talk about financial literacy and blah. Listen, let's go back to Kevin Durant and his mom having that moment. And then what if he wasn't a Kevin Durant who didn't make all that money but still felt like Kevin Durant? Like, I want to buy my mom a house. That's right. I want to make sure she's taking care of the rest of her life. He may go broke doing that. So you can't say that he just, you know, didn't know how to spend money. He was loose with it. You know, it, those are not the stories. I, I am working really hard now to start getting guys to tell in their stories because mm. everybody just see the end, whether he lost money or he did this or he did that, but they don't know what he was going through in the background to get him to that place. And then some of them have created a new S-curve and they, they're, they're, you know, they have thriving businesses yeah. or they're working in the community. We don't hear that, though. No. We don't hear all the good stuff that they've done. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm working to try to get some of those stories out. Oh, that's cool. That's, we love yeah. that here on Unpacking It, sharing yes, some indeed. of those, those stories for sure. And, and so it's NBA All-Star Weekend. Mm. What was that like for you throughout your career? And, and what do you make of kind of some of the festivities so far? It was so funny. I heard uh, Alan Houston up there talking about getting that call, going to the dunk contest and all of that. Um, I was there, actually. I, they did the same thing to me. I got this call in my rookie year and said, hey, you want to be in the dunk contest? I'm oh. like, no, nah, not really, but <laughs> if you need me to, I'll do it. Uh, you know, so I went. It was the first year they had, like, the rookie game. I was in Minnesota. It was cold, but cool. I took my mom and my aunt. We had a great time. Uh, and I just remember feeling like um, just so special in the moment to be chosen as one of those guys. And so now, uh, and then 2001, I was actually an all-star, right. uh, got a nod to play. Uh, but That was with the Pacers? Uh, I was actually with the Raptors. Oh, the Raptors. I was with the Raptors, ah. yeah. And, and it's so, you know, the one thing I wish I would have done was just slow down and take it all in. Mm. Like everything happened so fast. You got up in the morning. There was media. There was practice. You came back. You took a nap. You did this. There was the game. You know, all this other stuff. But uh, uh, anytime I come here now, I just try to slow down. I try to meet people. I try to connect with people. Well, how you doing? What yeah. you doing now? Where you been? And that, to me, seems more uh, fulfilling than anything, than just coming to see the festivities and be a part of that part. It's the relationships. It's the relationships, man. I'm finding out that that's more important than anything. When someone says, okay, here's Antonio Davis, former NBA player, what does that mean to you? I'm, I take a lot of pride in it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's... Um, at that time, the, the 12 years I played, I was one of the best, you know, kind of 450 guys in the world playing the sport for a long period of time. Uh, there's not many guys who, who, who have done it. I have a respect for any guy that has gotten there. I have even more respect for guys who are in college, and that was their dream. They, it, it didn't happen. They went on to do something else. Um, those are the guys that really make up our communities now. You know, our teachers, our first right. responders, our this and that. Those are the guys that are really <laughs> important, you know. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, how can I connect with them. But uh, it, it's just a sense of pride. You know, you try not to take too much stock in it. It was what I did and not who I was. Mm. Um, it took a long time for me to learn that. I hear you. Know, yeah. So many times we get caught up in, oh, you know, because once it's gone, then who am I? So struggling with that, I struggled with that in yeah. the beginning. But once again, once I kind of found that, 
it was more important for me to, to give my life to my higher power and, and do something else. It was just so much better. Amen. That's, yes, that's what it's all about. Well, yes, Antonio, indeed. man, great to meet you. So, Good to meet you, So too. awesome to have you here on Unpacking It. And uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Yes. Got Soak a few it in. Things. Yes, got a few things going on. God bless. And uh, I wish you guys all the best. Awesome. Thanks all so much. Right. He's Antonio Davis joining us here on Unpacking It. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. It's time for our final segment here on Unpacking It. We call it Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. So let's jump right in. This year's Daytona 500 finished as one of the most memorable, inspiring, and emotional races in NASCAR history. J.D. Gibbs, the eldest son of Joe Gibbs and the co-founder and former president of Joe Gibbs Racing, passed away on January 11th at the age of 49. He had a long and challenging battle with a degenerative neurological disease. The NASCAR family used the 11th lap of the race to honor, recognize, and remember J.D. 11 was the number he wore in college, as well as the number on the car driven by Denny Hamlin, a driver he personally discovered years ago. Remarkably, the race resulted in an incredible and divine finish with Denny Hamlin winning and Kyle Busch and Eric Jones taking second and third, all three members of Joe Gibbs Racing. After the race, Hamlin said, this one's for J.D. Not only was this race an amazing tribute to J.D. Gibbs, but Joe Gibbs and the rest of the family are using the win as another opportunity to tell people about his faith in Jesus. In considering this wonderful display of honor, we can be inspired by the Gibbs family. The definition of honor is to regard with great respect and hold in high esteem, admire, look up to, and think highly of. Of course, this often is done when someone passes away, but it's also important we honor those around us today. I'm sure we all know people who we admire and think highly of, whether for great accomplishments or for the small ways they significantly impact our lives. In order to show others how much we value them, the Bible encourages us to love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Honor also means to acclaim, praise, celebrate, glorify, hail, exalt, and magnify. Ultimately, we should honor God and bring Him glory through our own races as we say, this one's for Him. So I hope you're willing to unpack that. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope you'll stay connected with us throughout the week on social media and on unpackingit.com. If you have any thoughts about today's show, you can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio.